I'm excited for this morning. This morning is the final journey um, through the Gospel of John. Our series has been called When All Is Said and Done. And this morning, we're going to look at the last I am saying of Jesus through the Gospel of John. Now, this has been incredible because Jesus decided to reveal himself and who he is in seven specific ways in, in the Gospel of John. And he echoed the words of of God the Father in the beginning who revealed himself to man as I am. And now Jesus and, and the people that Jesus was speaking to being familiar with that name that God gave in the beginning, he comes and he says, well, I am. And he expounds on it. And he says seven incredible things that we've been looking at. He's already said to us that I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the door. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And this morning, we're going to look at I am the true vine. Now, can I just see, did you guys, have this been good to you? Has it been amazing to discover everything that Jesus has done for us? When I look at that list, I just want to go like, wow, Jesus, you are incredible. You are all sufficient. Everything we need, you supply. Everything we need in order to live this Christian life, you actually give to us. It's so amazing that it's gifts from you. It's who you are, and it's you in your person walking with us, Lord. It actually causes the striving in this Christian life to just seize a little bit, because he's done it all, the all-sufficient one. And I want to take us for a moment to how Peter celebrates this idea that Jesus has given us everything we need in his second letter. He opens his second letter by saying this, talking about Jesus, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Just read that first line again with me. His divine power has granted to us all things. Say all things. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us His own glory and excellence. To His own glory and excellence. By which He has granted us to His presence and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of the sinful desire. Jesus has given us and granted us all things pertaining to life and godliness. It's a free gift. It's a gift that He has given us, and some of us have received this gift, but it's still wrapped up. And He wants us to open it up and apply it to our lives. He wants us to actually use the contents of this gift, which is everything you need, not just some things, everything you need for life and godliness. If there's one thing you leave with this morning, let it be that. Everything you need is being supplied. Every single thing. And we walk through this life and life happens and we try and fight to find it. But I believe this morning as we study what Jesus said when he said he's the true vine, it'll help us reach that place of understanding how we grab hold of this everything that we need. How do we get there? And Jesus speaks to his disciples in John chapter 15, where we're going to read together in helping us reach and attain this godliness and this life that Peter spoke about a little bit later in the story. So the true vine is what we're going to study this morning. We're going to read John 15 verse 1 to 11, and I'm going to read it twice. The first time I want you to read it with me by looking at your Bible or on your device and just following as I read it. But then the second time I want you to just listen to the word, and let it just, just hit your heart, and think about it as I read it, and let God speak to you personally 
through his word this morning. So let's read together 11 verses, chapter 15, the gospel of John. Jesus speaking, saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the words that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Let me read it again, and I want you to listen. You can close your eyes if that helps you focus, but listen again and, and hear the invitation that Jesus gives to you this morning through these words. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. Jesus, we thank you that you aim for our hearts. And the invitation this morning is that your joy will be in us, and that we will be filled with that very joy. I pray that you would, through the power of your Spirit, speak the truth to all of our hearts, and that we would know how to apply this message to our lives, and that we would be a people who abide in you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, come and preach to every one of us. Come and reveal the truth of Jesus Christ. And may we leave here with a greater sense of abiding in you than the way we came in through the doors. We trust you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the absolute central message in what it is to be in relationship with Jesus. Relationship with Jesus is not 
something that just happens for a few minutes in the day or a day in the week or a moment on a morning like Sunday's relationship with Jesus is a constant place of connectedness with Him and abiding and remaining in Him. And Jesus is standing in front of His disciples and in the same way standing in front of us today and there's an invitation to come and abide in Him. But He reveals Himself as the true vine. And this is important because that implies that there are other vines that you can be connected to, which is not true. We heard last week that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And he's saying now, I am the true vine. So make sure that your remaining and abiding is in me and not in anything or anyone else. He created us from the very beginning to live in him and from him. And then we know the story of how sin has come into the world. And now there are so many vines around us that we try and, and, and connect to that in the end we miss out on the truth. And when we are connected with Jesus, Second Peter 1 becomes true. We receive everything we need pertaining to life and godliness. And all of a sudden, the striving becomes a little bit less because we're just abiding in Jesus. So if there's one thing I want to encourage you in this morning is stop trying. It's a little bit of what I shared last week as well. Just abide in Jesus. Just be connected with Him. He uses a very natural picture to explain something to us. He says, here's a branch this branch doesn't exist by itself. It's connected to the vine. So now you don't go being about being branches that's going to dry up being disconnected. Just stay connected. That branch can't grow itself. The vine grows it. That branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It comes from the vine. So make sure that you are connected to the vine, but make sure that you're connected to the true vine, which is me. And it made me think for a moment, if this implies that they are non-true vines or false vines, what would those be? And I think life has got so many to offer. And I'm going to name a few. And as I name them, you might just realize that, wow, maybe you've been just abiding in something other than Jesus. And my prayer this morning is that you would shift away from there and simply just abide in Him. There's the vine of religion, of doing to get to God, of trying to be okay with God. The branch doesn't try to be connected, it's just connected. And it grows out of a relationship with Jesus. And that's a false vine. Another false vine is philosophy, a way of thinking, the way that your parents brought you up. And you know, my mom used to say, and my pa used to say, and my opa used to say, and we live according to these philosophies, and we base our lives in what we think are true vines, but in fact it's false. Some other vines that I want to mention this morning is your career. You're fighting, you're battling, you're striving to make your career work. And, and what we do is we get the order wrong. We know that Jesus is the vine, and we know that we want a career, but we want to just pursue the career, and we want to add Jesus on the end and say, Jesus, will you bless this? But if you're connected to Jesus as the vine, the career will grow, and he would do what he wants to through your career, and then the Father gets the glory, and he blesses it by default because you are connected to him. We can't be connected to the career and make that the source of life. And then let Jesus just add on what he needs to add on. We need to be connected to him. Relationships, or maybe the lack thereof. Spouses, children, so many parents, the livelihood of their children and that home and that space is so central that they are not connected to Jesus. But if you are completely connected to Christ, you will grow in becoming the best parent you could ever be. You see, this challenges us, right? To start thinking differently about our life. He is saying, 
just abide in me, connect with me, and everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness is yours. Don't exchange any vine, because these things aren't bad things necessarily. They are good things. But don't exchange where you live from. I can go on with the list, and I'm just mentioning a few more, because maybe there's something that you relate to this morning. Security, financial security, security of your family, where you stay, what you have, uh, security of health. Maybe it's your home, the very place that you are a homemaker for, and you just love that space so much, and you spend all your energy and time and focus on making that home a home. And again, you exchange the true vine for a false vine. But then if you're connected in Jesus, your home would be a place of worship to Jesus, where you get to enjoy Him there. Because you know what the Bible calls your home that you're spending so much time and money on? It calls it a tent. It's there today, gone tomorrow. But our relationship with Jesus is everlasting. That's where we need to abide. Some other vines that might be around us, the vine of education, where we build upon a perfect education. And if we can get our kids through this school and this university and this degree, then they'll have security and the home and the relationships and everything that they need for this life. But Jesus is saying, don't exchange me, the true vine, for these things. Abide in me, grow in me, the fruit for all these things will come to you. It's not by striving. It's simply by being. And Jesus takes us here through the progression of what it means to abide. Four things. He speaks about position. He speaks about purification. speaks about pruning. And he speaks about produce. And if we can go through this journey of what it is to abide, we will be people who bear much fruit and so see our Father in heaven glorified through our lives. And that's the goal this morning. So Jesus starts speaking about, firstly, position. He's saying and he's inviting us. He says, stop wandering around and looking for the solutions and looking for the answers. Just come and abide. And he uses this word abide over and over again. He says, abide in me and I in you. Whoever abides in me and I in him. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, abide in my love. So he says, if you want to be, and he's speaking to his disciples right before the moment of being taken to the cross. He said, I just want to get this one thing to you. I have made a way so that you have everything pertaining to life and godliness. So all you have to do is come and just be with me. Just simply come and abide. And as you abide in me, then I will abide in, in you. And, and this, this sounds beautiful, but come on, sometimes it's tricky, right? Because we live in this world where there's a war between abiding and everything else. And we're in this constant war between the abiding and being with Jesus and the realities of this world. And Jesus knew this. And he wouldn't give us something or give us an invitation that's not attainable. So how do we get to that place of remaining in connection with him amidst the war that we are in with the whole world around us? Now, I want to take a moment to talk about the simplicity of abiding versus the complexity of striving. You see, he's saying, there's a space that I have for you, for me and you. Just find that space and live from that space. Now, there's a lot of complexity in the world out there, and maybe let's call this stage the physical space of abiding and being with Jesus. He's saying, you know what, Pierre, I want you to live here. I, I know there's a lot of stuff in the world out there and there's opportunities and things, but can you just find yourself here as often as possible? Just, just come and be with me. And this isn't speaking about 
sitting back and becoming passive. It's speaking about where we're positioned every single day. And it's from that that we bear fruit and we are actually active in this world. But the invitation is to come into the simplicity of being with Jesus. This week, uh, Anthony and I had um, breakfast together and we were just talking about the church. And he says, yes, Pierre, I, I just realized it is actually that simple. We just devote ourselves to Jesus and all the rest happens. I'm like, yes, that is it. But somehow, it feels so hard, right? Because we're constantly striving and we live in this information era where there's always more. There's, we live in, we're in a, in a room now with walls, but the information era says that we can push that wall further and we can find out how because there's even more to discover and even more to experience. And some of us might live our life with God like that. Where he says, no, 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 just be with me, that's enough. No, but God, there's got to be, no, just be with me, that's enough. Learn the simplicity of resting in me, then your striving out there will end. What does this mean practically? It means that you find that space in your walk with Jesus where you can feel you are connected. Where you can feel that you and the Father are one, that you and Jesus are one, and that the Holy Spirit is dwelling inside of you. Some of us wait for the singing on the Sunday morning. As if the singing on a Sunday morning is so powerful that it can bring the presence of God. That's wrong theology. The presence of God is everywhere. The only thing that changes is our awareness of it. So what does the singing do? It helps us to become aware of it. And then we, as we become aware of it, we experience more from God. But, but the Bible is clear, and Jesus just said it, I am in you. My presence is inside of you. You don't have to strive to go and find it. Just enter into the simplicity of remaining in me. Now the question comes to mind, okay, is it just that we need to be in this space and everything else in the world we, we shouldn't touch at all and there's the separation? No, in fact, I just said it. Jesus said that not only are we connected to the true vine, but we are inhabited by him. So from this place of being connected with him, we start walking into our world and we take him with us. Then we don't have to always feel like we've got to find another space to connect with him because he's actually inside of us. Then we can embrace this information era and our worlds and our careers and family and all these things around us because we are inhabited by the very presence of God. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. You are inhabited by the true vine. So it comes out of you now then you can safely walk around in this world because he's living inside of you. The question is, are you aware of it? And are you making sure that that connection is strong? Are you making sure that you have found that space where you know you are just being connected to Jesus, but then if you walk from that space, you stay connected to him and it's absolutely possible. I want to give you a challenge I want you for the next two weeks before we gather in this room to find that space every single day and to walk from that space. And I want you to come back in two weeks' time and tell me, come and tell me that something hasn't changed because you're just getting into the simplicity of abiding. Sometimes it's simply just closing the door, saying, Jesus, I'm here. I have no more to say. It's not in the effort and having to try and read chapters. It's not in... It's just simply saying, God, here I am. I just want to feel that connection again. I just want to position myself in that place of abiding. 
The second thing that Jesus then speaks about is purification. He says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. He's saying that you are connected to this vine, which is me. But I want you to know that because of what I've done, you are legitimately connected. That sin has come in, yes, but because of my work and my effort, not your striving, not your doing, you are connected to me and you, you can be there. You're safe to be there because you are clean. And then my father comes and when anything in you is not clean or something happens in your life that produces a bad fruit, my father comes and he prunes and he cleanses once more. You are a clean people and you are connected to me, the vine. So let my life run through you. Hebrews puts it like this. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. You can abide and you can draw near and you can be in the position of being connected to the vine because Jesus has made you clean and he's purified you. And you know what? This is the one space that the enemy just loves operating in. Peter makes a big mistake, and he feels the shame of it and the guilt of it. And then the enemy says, yeah, you see, you're disconnected from the vine. You can't go back there. The vine doesn't want you anymore. And Jesus says, no, 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 Peter, because of the cross, because of what I've done, you might be living in your sin, but there's a place of abiding here. Because of this, you are welcome to step right back in. And you know what? It might be that there's some wrongs that you've done through your sin that you need to go and correct, but my connection with you is reconnected again. Just like that, in a moment, in a minute. Because I can imagine how the disciples thought about this. God, but if we're connected to the vine, there's sometimes there's stuff in our lives and there's sin and filth and and Jesus says, no, 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 I've made you clean. And if you make a mistake, I'll make you clean again. Just come and abide once more. Don't give up your position because of a mistake that you've made. Don't give up your abiding because you found yourself living in some space out here, outside of that place of being connected. Just simply run back to Jesus. You can come with confidence and full insurance that he will take you back because you are clean by what he's done. Jesus' blood washes us clean, and then abiding in him keeps us clean. This is beautiful. The moment you come to that place of understanding what he's done, and you are connected with Jesus, and you live here in the simplicity of being connected with him, you develop such a distaste for the things of the world around you that you wouldn't want to forfeit this to go and experience something out there. Now, we're human and we make mistakes, so this does happen. I'm not going to say that this doesn't happen. And then Jesus' blood is available again to wash us clean. But when you abide, this purification process just keeps going on and on. And you remain clean in Him. And there's this amazing unity and union with God that nothing can take away. Some of us, however, likes to live like this. I'm in Jesus, Ooh, but there's some things out here that are pretty nice. And we lean in. Some of us, in fact, live like this. I love this, but you know what? I'm still connected to Jesus. My foot's in there, but I'm reaching out, you know. Ah, this is lovely. As long as I just, I'm, yes, I'm a Christian. I go to church. I'm in a small group. I'm in Jesus. Look here. I'm in Him. But the world 
Oh, it's so lovely. See the progression. When you are absolutely in love with Jesus because you're simply abiding in him, that's nothing. It's distasteful. It is terrible. It takes away that sense of being connected to the vine. So don't live on the edge. Don't try and see how far you can push it before you fall off that space of being connected with him. He's made you clean, and you can remain clean. You can remain in that space of being with him forever and ever until he returns and takes us into the fullness. I remember growing up in primary school. For those of you who wondered whether I had an education, I went to primary school. And um, there was this duomini who used to do our like weekly devotionals. And he used to always say this. He says, yes, when Jesus returns, you've got to be ready because you're going to stand in a long queue. And then by the end of the queue, when it's your turn, he's going to call you up and then there's going to be a big movie on a big screen of all the things that you've done. And then if you've done wrong things, it's too late. By the time that he's there and you're in that queue, you can't stand in that queue and wait and then say sorry. You need to say sorry before. And yes, he's put the fear of God in me in a very unique way. Because I'm like, every night I'm thinking I was disobedient. I treated my friend wrong, got in a fight. I looked over my shoulder to the girl next to me's pages because she's better in math than me. And I found the answer. And I, I just, you know, I gave my book to someone else to complete. And then it's your homework done. Yes. This is primary school stuff. Gets a little bit more serious when you reach high school. And then I would just be so scared because if Jesus returns tonight, goodness, I'm going to be in that queue and then it's going to be too late. You know what? The Bible actually speaks about this. Later on in 1 John chapter 2, it says, And now abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. The invitation is to abide in him because if you do that, you will have a confidence when he comes to stand in that queue and say, yes, Jesus, I'm stepping into eternity with you because I remained in you in this earth. If that duomini could have just done that, it would have been much easier. You see, this is sometimes how Christianity is positioned to us. You're going to stand in a queue and then you better make sure that things are right. Can we position this morning the invitation to be with Jesus? You don't deal with sin by trying to run away from it, you deal with sin by pressing in to Jesus and abiding with him and being in that place of being purified and how good it is, Lord, to be here with you that I don't want to be on the edge and go and try and enjoy stuff out there because I'm in the vine and your life is in me and your godliness runs through me. Then he speaks about, thirdly, in this progression of being, abiding in him about pruning. That's the ouch part. The Aina, the part that, if we'd be honest, none of us really want. But there's a, there's a beautiful purpose in this, which we'll find in a minute. But he says, my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So pruning is amazing for a few, few reasons. But First of all, pruning is amazing because it proves to you that you are actually bearing fruit. So when he comes and he prunes, and how does he prune? Well, he prunes through difficult things, suffering, hardships, 
moments in life that are really tough or when there's a relationship that's tough and that person comes and offends you deeply, how do you respond? That's a pruning moment because the Father then wants to come and say, you can respond with the fruit of the Spirit. So let me cut away that thing that you are now holding, that grudge. Let me cut it away so that you can respond with love, which are one of the fruits of the Spirit. Pruning comes through those difficult times where we feel like giving up and we can't no more. And the Father just says, I'm just busy because you are already bearing fruit, but there's actually more. Secondly, pruning proves to us that there's a greater potential in each one of us. God loves us so much that He wouldn't just want to leave me the way I am now. He says, Pierre, I want to work with you. I want to work in you. I want to come and take away last year's wood and last season's stuff. And I want to cut it away so that you can now live in the greater fruit for this moment and this season. So it's actually a thumbs up. It's a father saying, thumbs up, Dave, you're doing great. Let me cut because you can do better. There's some things that you think you need that you actually don't need anymore. It's amazing when, when you speak to people who are advanced in their years. We watched a, a short documentary the other day by Eugene Peterson. Wrote 35 books. And then he also wrote the message. And they were just interviewing him. He says, what really counts after all the books he wrote? And, and then they also asked, what's your greatest achievement? And he says, my greatest achievement is my marriage and my family. Not my books, not my stuff. And in the end, what really matters is just the relationship. And you, you can watch TED Talks about this, saying that what really ends, this is the world saying, in the end is relationships, nothing else. So let God come and take away so that you can be more fruit in this area of relationship, that you can be more fruit in how you relate with other people. But you know what I find most amazing about pruning is that we can actually feel really close to the Father in that moment. In February, second week this year, Right after Vision Sunday, something happened on the inside of me that was different than usual. And I felt almost disconnected from God. I felt a whole lot of pain. I felt a whole lot of uncertainty about the future. And if I'm at the right place, and is the fruit enough? And am I doing enough? And you know all the things that we go through. And for maybe a week long, I was battling with some thoughts. And there were some things that happened in the natural that kind of just escalated the feeling I had on the inside. And Day four into this journey, I was spending time with God, and I was crying out. I said, God, what's up? Is it me? Is it my sin? Is there something that's coming away? Am I at odds where, where I need to be? And I felt the Lord just say to me, Pierre, no. It's just me cutting away the things I don't like anymore. It's just me cutting away so that you can bear more fruit for me. And in that moment, I stood back and I said, Lord, cut as much as you need to. Because I want to be someone that bears fruit to the glory of the Father. And here's what I think the most beautiful thing about pruning is. Pruning is a testament of the Father's hands on our lives. It's where we get to feel how He's working in us. Where he said, there's that thing that you've held so precious, and He says, you know what? That's another vine that I don't want you to live from. Can I, can I come and touch this? Can my hands reach there and take it away? Because you actually can be more fruitful in this area. We can, we can live like this, and because there's a progression here, we are in position in Jesus, and we cleansed and purified. Then when the Father comes and prunes, we, we can take it, because there's the promise of more fruit, and we know our position is sure, and we know that we are clean. And it's such a testament of the Father's hands touching our lives. The pain of pruning 
is for the gain of producing. It's never just to take you through the pain. There's a greater means to this so that you can produce more fruit and that so your Father in heaven would be glorified. If we could be a people that say, God, prune. Prune and take away the things that need to be taken away so that there could be more fruit. And this is important. He doesn't cut stuff where there hasn't been fruit. The fact that he's pruning is the, is the, the very testament that there has been fruit there. But he's saying there's more fruit. So let's take away some of this so that you can step into the more. And some of us just want to settle for this. But the Father is saying, I've got more. Let my hands be in your life a little bit more closer. And then lastly, it speaks about the produce, what comes out of us from abiding, from being pure, from letting the Father prune what he needs to take away. Then there's a produce. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. What can we do apart from Jesus? Do you get that? Can everyone say nothing? So is nothing something? Are there some things we can do apart from Jesus, according to this? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, you can do a whole lot of things apart from Jesus, but it will amount to nothing. It's when you live in that close relationship with Him and abiding in Him that everything you then put your life to becomes a fruit to the Father, becomes a fruit of glory, becomes something that the kingdom is shown to the world around us, to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our community. When we connect it to the vine, he produces in us a fruit, and then everything flows out of it. Everything comes through us. The psalmist puts it like this in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. That was one of the most beautiful things to see a human being like that tree. Just whatever they do, prosper. Just that settledness and the green leaves and fruit in season. And then if you speak to that person, you say, hey, what's, what's your secret? And it's, it's being with Jesus. It's simply abiding. It's taking my, my roots down as deep as I can and letting him cut some of the things on top here so that the roots can go deeper so that I can produce the fruit that I need to produce in the season that he wants me to. It's meditating on Him. It's putting my focus on Him amidst this information era, amidst all the temptations of picking up the device and just let our minds run. Amidst all of that, it's meditating on His law day and night, on the things that He said, on His word. That's why Jesus said, when you, my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and it will be given you. It's quite risky in a sense to say that because then we can ask for anything. But the key in it is that once the word of God abides in you, your asking will change. Then you will ask in accordance to his word. And then you will see him stand over his word to perform it. So like trees planted by streams of living water, and out of that, out of that abiding comes all the fruit that God has for us. And then Jesus says, by this thing, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Who's asked the question, what's God's will for my life? Anyone? There it is. Did you abide in him? 
that you allow him to make you clean and walk the journey of purification with you, that you allow him to prune and that you are a fruit bearer to the King of Kings, to his glory, and so prove to be his disciple. We don't prove that we're his disciple by all our words, by our quote the verse of the day on Instagram. Whatever it is that you feel you're using as proof by attending a Sunday morning or going to the small group meeting in the week, we prove it by the fruit that we bear. And then our Father sits and He's glorified and our lives become something where our pursuit is not our glory but His. Now I want to bring it down to one thought this morning because I've said a whole lot, but I want to bring it down to one thought. Abiding is to simply deepen your roots and devote your fruits. It's to simply say, Jesus, I want to go deep with you. I want to be connected to you. I want to let my roots run deep next to this river of life. And when fruit is produced, that's yours. You take it. See, some of us are, are fruit glorious to ourselves, if that's even a word. Like, look at my fruit. I'm, I'm an apple bearer. Yes, these apples are the best. Can I show the world how good they are? That's not the goal. That's for the Father's glory. Mm. So whatever fruit comes out of our lives, it's His glory. Let Him take it. Let it run in season. Then the comparing also stops. Then I don't look at Andre and say, yes, Andre is bearing some lacquer grapes this summer. I really want to try and bear grapes like that. And we strive and we try and be what God called Andre to be. No, no, no. Deepen your roots. Just go deep with Jesus. Just go deep with Him daily. Every moment amidst this world that we live in and all its temptations, just go deep with Jesus. I'm deepening my roots. Lord, I'm going to deepen my roots through just reading your word, just reading it. You know what happens to the word or to us when we read the word? The word works in us. Sometimes you feel ah, it's not much happening, but it's the word of God. It does work. Seeds are planted and then it's watered and it brings an increase in time. So keep on reading the word. Keep on going on your knees, praying, worshiping, spending time with spiritual family, whatever it is. Deepen your roots and then the fruits will come, but it will be for his glory. So our focus is simply on him and abiding. And then the fruits belongs to him as well. I've asked the team to prepare a song for us. And this song speaks about being tethered to God, entwined with him. And I don't know where you're at in the things that I shared this morning. Maybe you're not even abiding. Maybe you're just drifting out there. There's an opportunity this morning to come and step into that place of connectedness with Jesus. Maybe you felt unclean. And because of that, you've stayed away. Can you see the Father's hand cleaning you, washing you and saying, no, 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 come and be connected. Maybe you are in a pruning season. God's revealing stuff and it's not as pretty and it's not great. But he says to you this morning, I really feel this, there's people in this room that he wants to say to some men this morning, my son, I've got far greater things for you. Let me take away the things that I don't delight in. And let me do a greater work in you. Maybe you are in a fruit-bearing season. And things are just, you're running. Life makes sense. You're fruitful in family. You're fruitful in your career. You're fruitful in ministry. Can you make sure this morning that that fruit is for the glory of the Father?
not for you at all. Jesus, I don't want to take any of your glory. It's for you. Father, this is for you. So let this song just minister to you, but take a moment and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and how you can relate to this message. I don't want to miss the beauty of heaven all around me, your power and your mercy, the greatness of your love. I don't want to lose the wonder of being in your presence, of knowing such a friendship to be with you, my God. Everything I am, I throw into your hands. I just want my life to ever be entwined with you, tethered to your heart.
The invitation this morning is what that song said. All I am, I throw into your hands. All of me, Jesus, just, I want to give it all to you. I want to rest in you. I want to be in you. I want to live in you. I want to be abiding and remaining and connected. I am done striving and doing things out of myself. I just want to be in that place with you.